Hi, everyone. I'm Anthony Giuliano, and this is the Asher Marketing Podcast, Episode 3. Our guest tonight is Amanda Tokus. Amanda, thanks for being with us. Thank you for having me. Well, Amanda, we're going to start with something very relevant to tonight's conversation because your daughter was here with us. So tell us what it's like with back to school with a, your daughter's 10 years old, correct? That is correct. How is back to school going so far? You know, really good considering, all things considering. Uh, She's very social and she's been in camp all summer. So for her, it wasn't that big of a transition. Uh, She was excited to see her friends. She's in fifth grade. So that's at the top of, you know, top of her school right now. That's a big deal. Um, things are a little bit different, but all in all, she's she's very uh, flexible and adjustable, and she's an easygoing kid. Well, good. So. That that always helps. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, sometimes that kind of determines our destiny professionally and otherwise, is how our kids are doing. So glad yeah. to hear that she's doing well. Well, as you know, on this podcast, we talk about three things. We talk about the guest's career path. We mm-hmm. talk about the organizations they work for. And we talk then about some of the projects they're working on, exciting, challenging, everything in between. And you're a little bit of a different type of professional than many of the guests we have because we generally talk to people who work in marketing specifically. And while you have uh, some marketing elements to the work you do, you also have broader professional experience than that. So really interested in hearing your perspective and about some of the things you're working on. So let's start with um, your career path. And I always tell people, just start at the beginning, whatever that is for you. But am I correct that you grew up in Indiana, northern Indiana? Tell us a little bit about where you grew up and then where you went from there. Yeah, absolutely. I'm a lifelong Hoosier. I grew up in Fort Wayne. always thought I'd leave, but I'm still here and and happy to be here. Um, I started my career in entrepreneurship (laughs) as a kid, like many other children, you know, babysitting, pet sitting, lawn care, mowing lawns, uh, you know, shoveling snow, selling anything I could possibly convince someone to sell, whether it was lemonade, painted rocks, uh, you name it, uh, art that I made. (laughs) So, um, but yeah, I, I went to IU and uh, ultimately transferred back to IPFW, finished up my undergrad here in criminal justice and um, and then entered into my adult career, if you will, um, working for Allen County Adult Probation. Uh, my original interest was with juveniles. Uh, and so pr- while I was in college, I did work at uh, Crossroads Children's Home and juvenile detention center, and I volunteered for the Women's Bureau with the rape crisis hotline, things of that nature. So always kind of in that social work field, you know, rehabilitation. So, so what start, sparked your interest in criminal justice? How'd you end up in that field? Honestly, it was really, I've always been intrigued with what makes people's brains tick, particularly with children, to mm-hmm. be honest with you. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't have, you know, maybe the easiest childhood like a lot of other people. And I, I think I overcame a lot of things, uh, whereas, you know, some people had a lot of difficulty, you know, maybe they didn't get on that right path. And and I always wanted to help other people. I wanted to bring as many people as I could on that path to success. And so I just became very intrigued with psychology, I would say, in high school and uh, was, was hoping to go down that road in college. And, you know, there was a series of things, you know, that you just don't control that kind of just led me. Uh, you know, into criminal justice, uh, deciding to come back to Fort Wayne was a big part of that because um, they didn't have uh, some of the programs here locally at that time um, that would have allowed me to kind of do what I wanted to do. So criminal justice was close enough, enough and I thought, okay, I'll work with troubled youth. And, uh, you know, originally was thinking I would 
get a job at Allen County Juvenile Probation, but they weren't hiring at the time. And I got hired in at Allen County Adult Probation as an investigator, thought perhaps, you know, at least I'd get my foot in the door and then I could always move on. Um, but, but quite honestly, you know, what I realized is that people I was working with were just those kids grown up. So, um, you know, it, it was okay. I, I felt like I was in the right place and I just continued to embrace what I was doing and, and then soon moved into the role of an actual probation officer. And I took on an interest again in those, those individuals, uh, caseloads that were, um, you know, maybe had backgrounds with mental illness or substance abuse. And as I started to uh, take on those cases and, and my supervisors noticed that, that I was uh, interested in it and took on more trainings and, and whereas a lot of other people kind of didn't want those cases. So I started, I, I gradually moved into a high risk uh, supervised type of caseload, uh, working primarily with a, a lot of your uh, mentally ill offenders and therefore, you know, going to a lot more training and, and just getting more integrated within the community here and the different resources that were there to help those clients. Um, and then, uh, and then that segued into committees and things of that nature. And I decided I wanted to, to maybe do more in my career. And, and that's what led me into looking at the federal um, aspect of my of criminal justice. So all of this sounds like really challenging work, really hard work. <laughs> Was it as, as difficult as it sounds? You know, I think it, it, it wasn't easy because there's a, you know, caseload work is, is there's a lot of deadlines, a lot of paperwork, a lot of follow through and a lot of people and people are so diverse and very, very unpredictable, but I love that kind of challenge. And, and I think it takes a, a certain kind of person to go into, um, you know, uh, criminal justice or social work or, you know, police officers, nurses, teachers, you know, anyone, anyone that's in a, a field where they're working with, with a lot of different people and, and it takes a lot of uh, patience and empathy and you know, um, you're not getting burnt out, but but yeah, it, it wasn't easy. But I I enjoyed it when I was doing it, and uh, and and wanted to do more. And that's so I I looked at the federal uh, division, and I thought, how do I get there? <laughs> I want to do that, and uh, I want to be with those people because uh, I thought that it sounded so cool uh, when I was younger in my 20s. And so I found out quickly that I needed to uh, have a master's degree. And I was shocked, uh, but I, I think that was that was pretty cool that they required that because then that became my goal. And so I went back to get my master's degree at Indiana Wesleyan uh, while working as a probation officer with Allen County. And was it a master's in criminal justice? Uh, it was in business management. They didn't okay. have a lot of programs available at the time. Um, I probably would have been more interested in something along the lines of, you know, something, you know, relative to uh, human behavior, but I, I knew I needed to get it quickly. Uh, and I also, there was a side of me that always thought I would want to own my own business someday. So it made sense and it, it just worked with what was going on in my life. And, and the, that program itself is really focused on servant leadership and things that, you know, organizational structures, things of that nature. Um, but it really didn't get super deep into so things that transfer to just about any career path. Yeah. It sounds like yeah. yeah. So so how long did you work? This is the fascinating part to me. How long did you work in that field, and then how do you get to a franchise owner from <laughs> that career path? Yeah. So it was a total total of uh, almost sixteen years. So uh, I moved. Uh, 
over to the feds when I was 30. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I planned to retire at 50, which is in two years. So just so we get the timeline here, because okay. it'll, maybe it'll wrap around with the rest of my story. But right. um, <clears throat> because I would have had a full pension. And at that point, that's that's really young, actually, sure. you know, at least to, to me right now. The older I get, the younger it is. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. So uh, mm-hmm. so I planned to have, you know, my, my, my you know, next career was going to be owning a business. So it would be an easy segue. Uh, but when I was, you know, I would say about three fourths through the time that I spent with the feds, um, and I was a specialist actually, so I, I primarily worked with mentally ill and violent offenders and sex offenders when I was with the feds. But I just happened to be in Chicago and kept hearing about um, massage envy and more from a consumer base. And I thought, wow, that sounds really cool. I like massages. Uh, do they have any, you know, in Indiana? And I researched and they had five. And of course they didn't have any in Fort Wayne. And, and like many people, I think, decide that they want to open up a business. It sometimes comes from uh, a feeling of need or, you know, not having something, being frustrated with something. And uh, so I kind of just became, it became more of a fantasy of, wow, you know, maybe someone could bring a massage envy to Fort Wayne. And, and then all of a sudden it was like, well, maybe that could be me. Why yeah. not me? <laughs> and then I thought, wait, it's too, too soon. So I just started, just kept looking at it and I kept talking, you know, to my spouse at the time about it and, you know, realized it was a franchise and we just, you know, kept looking at it for fun. And then uh, I was also the same time I found I was pregnant with my daughter. So there's a lot of focus on that. And I was of course still working full time. And uh, fast forward, I, uh, I come home from the hospital from having my daughter uh, check the mail a couple days later and there's a postcard and it's from the regional de- developer for Massage Envy in the in- Indiana region stating that she's going to be in Fort Wayne presenting about uh, opening up this area uh, for franchises. And I thought, oh, stars of a line. Like this, yeah. I, I gotta go. So I took my three day old baby because it was the next day yeah. uh, to this uh, presentation and uh, and listened and was very intrigued. And my spouse at the time joined, he, he got there a little bit late, but he was there to hear most of it. And, and we were, you know, genuinely intrigued and moved forward with, you know, talking with the regional developer. and. And so that was, I mean, my daughter was born in August 2010. And, and so um, by January 2011, purchased our first franchise license. Wow. And with the idea that I was going to hire someone, though, mm-hmm. and they were going to run the business, I was going to keep my job mm-hmm. and, you know, retire at 50. Sure. Like, and then, then, you know, roll into that, yeah. that beautiful plan. <laughs> and, you know, because we can control everything. So, uh, uh, and then, so then... Uh, Fast forward, it was probably September of 2011, and we started our build out, and it became very evident after talking with corporate and the regional developer that me or my spouse were really going to need to be involved full time. So uh, he had been with his company for much longer than I had and was making more money, um, and and it, and really in terms of you know someone going in and running a a massage um, establishment. It just made more sense for me to do that. Uh, so I uh, decided to go ahead and leave my, you know, uh, retire, if you will, and put in my notice, uh, which is very unexpected, to be honest with you. Uh, but I, I, I don't look back and I don't regret it. I think it was the right decision. And uh, flew out to Scottsdale, Arizona in September, September 17, 2011. 
and did their training. And by middle of October, I had hired 17 people to come wow. on board, and we opened our doors on November 4th. So, so for people who might not be familiar, <clears throat> you and I actually met as a result of you being a franchise owner for Massage Envy. So for people who are a little bit less familiar, what is Massage Envy? How would you describe it in, in a nutshell to someone yeah. who doesn't know about the franchise? Yeah, they're a national uh, franchise that uh, have franchised the concept of a massage membership. <clears throat> in fact, they were you know, the pioneers. Uh, there's a lot of, lot of other uh, franchises that, that also do that with massage, but uh, they wanted to bring massage out of the elite and uh, bring it in a, lo- in a way that was professional and convenient and affordable, and they were able to do that by creating that membership model. Okay. So you mentioned that when you were a kid, you had kind of this entrepreneurial streak. Where do you think that comes from? Is that something that's just, you know, you're, you're born into? Is it something that's learned? Is it a combination of things? Because, you know, it's something that sounds like you had at a very young age and stuck with you to the point where you ended up owning this franchise, even though you're on a different career path. So how do you put those pieces together when you're thinking through why you ended up where you did? You know, I, I, I love that you're asking that uh, because I have this conversation with a lot of people. I, I really do think that it's something that you can teach your children. Um, I don't think I was taught intentionally, though. Uh, I was actually raised by my dad in the 1970s, which is a little unusual. He was a blue collar worker when he, you know, never missed a day. I think he, you know, at the end he got a watch for 30 years of never <laughs> missing a day. But, you know, he was a really, really hard worker. And, you know, I, and we worked alongside my dad. And, um, you know, I, I, I saw that, that that's just a, that's a value. And I think that integrity was instilled young, but it was also, you know, we had to kind of fend for ourselves. <laughs> You know, um, there was a lot that I had to do for myself and it was just normal. And I just, I, there was nobody, you know, doing things for me all the time. So I think sometimes, you know, as parents, you know, we want to take care of our kids and we don't want them to struggle and we want them to have more than we have, but gosh, you know, you, you get it. That's a fine line because if you cross it, I think you're, you're really enabling them and, and you're, and you're squashing some of their potential to think for themselves and be, you know, um, you know, that cognitive development, that critical thinking, and uh, realizing that you know they can do it because we, we need it's, it takes a lot of patience when they're saying, "Mom, let me do it. I can do it." Because it takes them you know longer. Yeah, <laughs> I get it. But um, but I, I think that's a big part of it. Yeah, and I, I always say that you know as a fellow child of the '70s, when people ask me you know about my my parents. I always say the best thing they ever gave me was nothing because I had to figure it out on my own. Um, So I think there's a lot of value in that, and that serves you well later in life, even if it's frustrating for all parties as you're going through it. All right, so you're you're a Massage Envy owner in 2011. Mm -hmm. Take us through um, that path, and then we'll segue into a conversation about what you're doing today. Yeah, so six months later, bought two more licenses, um, ultimately did three build-outs, and um, then also acquired uh, an existing location here in the Fort Wayne market. So I actually had one of our locations was in Mishawaka, two hours north. That was our second one. So it was kind of challenging. I had a toddler. I'm driving, you know, two hours, four hours on the road, you know, when I would make a trip there to kind of oversee the build out and get people hired and trained there. And and just just a lot of the, the ups and downs with any business, a lot of challenges. But, um, you know, that business did really well uh, early on. And, uh, and so over the course of 10 years, four locations, um, four babies, if you will, all very mm-hmm. different, all, you know, very different SWOT analysis, if what you was, will. What was the biggest challenge? Was it hiring? Was <clears throat> it uh, marketing? Was it retention of customers? What would you say was the biggest challenge you faced? 
for 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 us and uh, definitely uh, finding a therapist. So it was more of the mm-hmm. supply yeah. uh, than it was the demand. Um, you know, the demand was there, and you know, it, then at times if you didn't have the supply, you know, then you would have customers that would be frustrated if you couldn't meet that mm-hmm. that demand. So and and retaining employees, you know, um, you know, different uh, professions have different types of turnover. Um, so just finding unique ways to to retain your employees as long as you possibly can, but knowing that there was a life cycle. Um, you know, uh, people that go into the career of massage therapy many times have lots of other things going on. They're also very entrepreneurial, to mer- to entrepreneurial, and um, you know, they many of them are women, and and so they have families, and and so they want to be able to have that flexibility and freedom of coming in and coming out of their career. So a lot of times, a lot of stop and go, and <laughs> sure. Sure. That sure. Understandable for them, but challenging for you as yeah. an owner. Yeah. yeah. So <clears throat> you've got 1.4 locations mm-hmm. and take us from there as you progress as a Massage Envy franchise owner. Yeah. Wow. Um, quite a journey. A lot of learning. A lot of learning. Um, you know, when I first opened the first one, I, I took on the role of manager. Wasn't I never said, oh, I want to manage a massage uh, business. That That's not what I ever thought I would ever do in a million years. And people were like, oh, you know how to do massages? No, I, I didn't. I just knew I liked them. I hadn't even had very many professional massages, to be honest with you. So I had a lot of things to learn um, on the business side and also on the industry. Um, you know, I think uh, the biggest transferable skill sets, though, came from you know, my, my past careers. People have said, well, how could you possibly go from everything you were doing in law enforcement and go into massage industry? There's so many skill sets that are transferable. It's really just being able to relate with people, whether it's customer or the employees, being able to uh, listen and and um, you know honestly care about your employees, care about your customers. And you know, I I realized that I didn't have the time to care about all of them all of the time, though. So I had to have other people in place. You know, I had to be able to delegate. I had to be able to you know spend time with people and train them to delegate and then trust that they were doing what I needed them to do, and then. I realized that I, I really just needed to put my energy into my employees because if you're caring about your employees, they'll care about your customers. And of course, I was still involved, you know, with the customers when needed to be. But uh, I had to start scaling out of the business and um, be able to, to be able to grow and open up the other locations. And um, you know that that was always that was challenging, but I, it was a challenge that I really liked. Uh, you know, I made mistakes, but I think. Also, uh, owning up as an owner, recognizing that you know you do make mistakes, and being honest with yourself and your and your employees. But two wrongs don't make a right. I mean, mm-hmm. just because you make a mistake doesn't mean you got to keep doing it. Yeah. So, you know, uh, just constantly reassessing, reevaluating, and uh, and and doing things better, and listening to your employees uh, and your customers, and and trying to grow from that. And uh, and it just became you just keep scaling and scaling and you know and and then right when you think you have everything perfect then things change, <laughs> yeah. you know and so you have to be really adaptable, um, and uh, and not be not not be overly responsive to things sometimes it's it's sometimes easy to take things personal when it's your business, and and that was something I learned over time too is you know it's just not personal it's not all personal, um, and and uh, so you know I grew, as my businesses grew. Well, good. So you so based on that growth, let's talk about where you are today because you mm-hmm. learned a lot. You learned about hiring employees. You learned about retaining employees. You learned about customer service. You learned about marketing. You learned about all this stuff. And that translated to one of the businesses you're involved today because you mm-hmm. have a complex professional life. So <laughs> take us from the 20,000-foot level. Talk about the different roles you play today 
and um, what's involved a little bit in that work. Yeah, so um, sold my businesses to my partner, if you will, uh, about a year ago. And uh, I had started up my own company, uh, consulting company, brokering and consulting company in the franchise industry. And I had never been on that flip side. So, so this is really helping to find, um, helping people who might have an interest in owning a business, helping them find a right match with a franchise. Is that Absol- correct? Absolutely. And, and that's a little bit where Asher and you have intersected because Asher, over the years, we've worked with a number of, of franchise businesses, including Massage Envy, including Fantastic Sam's, including Subway. And it's a really unique world, mm-hmm. the, the franchise world. So talk a little bit about what you do, um, your role as a franchise consultant and then the other roles that you have. Yeah, absolutely. So I chose to partner uh, with a brokering company uh, because it allowed me to have access to um, a a portfolio of franchises across the country, um, as well as um, to have that collateral contact with other brokers, um, as well as that company itself, their their training, you know, just other, their marketing, et cetera, their name. And so I did partner with a franchise consulting company. They're based out of Miami, uh, Florida, uh, but uh, their brokers work nationwide. There's, there's about 150 of us, 100, yeah, 150, but also we're in other countries now as well. Um, but we have um, several hundred uh, franchises in our portfolio. We're one of the largest in the country. Um, of course, there's others that offer uh, these types of portfolios, but I joined with them. And um, essentially, I work with clients who are looking to find a good match. There are some clients who are serial entrepreneurs and, and have owned many businesses, but maybe never a franchise, or maybe they have owned multi you know multiple franchises. I mean, I have clients who own over a hundred units, um, as well as individuals who've, who have never owned a business in their entire life. They're still working in maybe law enforcement or corporate America, or maybe they just retired, or maybe they got let go, or maybe they're going to get let go. And we've had a lot of that happen recently in these last several months, sure. without a doubt, um, and a lot of it unexpected. But uh, you know, a lot of people, or maybe they're just trying to diversify their portfolio, have a plan B. So, um, you know, Clients, they, they don't know where to start maybe, or they don't have the time. Um, it can become overwhelming in that search. Uh, most people go straight to the internet, you know, you start Googling and, and next thing you know is, is you start getting, they start getting all these calls because they filled out some information. They don't realize it's actually marketing company, yeah. not necessarily the franchise. Or they say, hey, I, I emailed Chick-fil-A and I never heard back from them. I'm like, yeah, well, good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. you know, they don't understand how it works. Sure. So, um, you know, part of my role is also educating uh, but and, and mentoring, but also a big part of that is um, is finding that match. And really, it's it's not just because Chick Fil A is amazing company and they are doesn't mean it's a good match for someone. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's a lot of things that people need to understand. Just like me, I thought Massage Envy, I was going to keep running my business. So that there was something that didn't happen in that match. You know, fortunately, I still think I made a good decision. I think mm-hmm. it was a good company for me, but. I got lucky. You know, there are some people that if they're matched with the wrong business or wrong career, um, you know, they may not be as successful or as happy mm-hmm. as they as they hoped to be. So what were some of the, maybe the, the two or three top lessons that you learned as a franchise owner that you try to instill in, in prospective franchise owners? Yeah, absolutely. And, and one is uh, matching a client to the right kind of business mm-hmm. model. 
So, you know, we have, there's home-based models, there's van-based models, there's, you know, brick and mortars, but even within those models, there's a lot of um, intricate details that if I can identify my clients, Mm -hmm. personal, professional, financial wants and needs and bandwidths, I can match them uh, with a model and all those little details, um, you know, to ensure that you know, I'm not, they're not wasting their time then. Mm-hmm. And I, what I love is when I do a presentation, they go, wow, <laughs> I like all of them. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, okay, that's great. And yeah. that, I mean, that doesn't happen 100% of the time, but sure. um, ideally they're walking away with at least a couple that they're wanting to take the next step. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and there's a, quite a variety as far as entry points in terms of dollars that, Absolutely. that are required to yeah. start a first. So instance. knowing that, so a lot of pre-qualification mm-hmm. as, well, yeah. as well as territory check. Yep. Doesn't do any good to go, you know, look at, you know, look at a concept if they're not even in that territory. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. So um, you also have, there's another facet to your professional life in addition to your work with the franchise consulting company. Talk a little bit, if you're comfortable, about the work you're doing in the construction world. <laughs> yeah. And, and Now for something completely different. Completely yeah. different. And, yeah. and I, you know, um, no, I got contacted um, by someone that I had actually worked with through a Massage Envy back in January of 2019. He reached out to me, and, and he was in the construction industry, and he wanted to meet with me. And I thought, oh, he saw what I'm doing, and maybe he thinks I can bring him clients to do build-outs for their new franchises. But that wasn't it at all. Um, he had actually um, uh, began working with uh, Lauren Bunnell here in Fort Wayne Community, uh, who has you know many many years in the construction industry, a lot of respect. Um, so Jeff Krasikos is who had reached out to me as, and he also has uh, many many years in the industry. And they had started um, a concept, a company where they were working, not doing the construction, but providing expertise for people who were actually uh, in need of, of having construction for commercial projects, large projects, whether it's, you know, hospitals, hotels, um, you know, um, airport, uh, colleges, high schools, um, you know, parking garages, you know, banks, large, large. So complex projects. Yeah, complex yeah. projects that were going to cost, you know, hundreds of millions to billions of dollars. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of money. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and sometimes it, if it's, you know, tax dollars, money, you know, I mean, nobody wants to spend more money than they need to. Or, sure. or perhaps the more money, if you know that you have extra dollars, maybe you're going to allocate it into, you know, maybe another part of that project. So, um, so just CM was, was born out of that, um, that ideology that, that Lauren and Jeff had uh, with being able to bring more value uh, to the owner for a project so that they are you know, able to make good decisions as they're moving forward in that project. And, and there really needs to be a lot of um, estimations and, and, and project knowledge and project management to go into that to ensure that that's happening. And, and so I, I had really no knowledge of the construction industry other than, I mean, I did three build outs, sure, don't get me wrong. Sure. Um, but I didn't understand it from that perspective and I really appreciated what they were doing. Um, I think it came out of more of a philanthropic uh, ideology from Lauren and, and wanting to do something good for people. Mm-hmm. And cause I think he was pretty much into retirement, uh, but he started kind of doing this, you know, as a friend, as a favor for people. And, um, you know, Jeff recognized, hey, <laughs> you know, we, we really could do something with this. Yeah. And, and they started partnering and, and also brought Beth in and just, and it's just, their idea continued to grow. And, and I think with the team there, there's just such a strong emphasis of, of 
goodness and wanting to, you know, empower clients and, um, you know, definitely make sure that uh, people are, are getting what they're paying for. So, so it seems like an opportunity that you didn't really need the extra, the extra job, if you will, but no, it's kind of too good to turn down. Well, it, yeah, you know, they, they offer, you know, suggested that I come and join their team uh, as an employee. And I said, well, I've got this business. I didn't want to give, give that up. I yeah. really enjoy what I'm doing. I really do. And I love making that impact on people's lives. Um, but I also love what they were doing. And so we, we kind of came up with, a, with an arrangement on how I could kind of be involved and uh, in that development of the business and, and marketing, which is how then I reached out mm-hmm. to you and, and wanted to pick your guys' brains and, you know, and looking at the name and, and you know, how do we, how do we reach our audience? audiences and, and what's our message mm-hmm. and um, you know I mean our message obviously was empowering client you know empowering our clients and and controlling costs but um, you know just we're still in the launching phase of that I mean they actually are working on some projects but uh, you know with us with our small bandwidth kind of moving forward but we're working on our LinkedIn our web page and things like that and and hopefully want to bring Asher into that as we as we get our footing, but yeah, well, you know, one of the things that I was that I want to hear about is how you balance all this stuff because you've got a ten-year-old <laughs> daughter, you've got a business of your own. You know, there's in, in normal times there's some travel with that. Mm-hmm. You've got another business that you're trying to help get launched, and I'm sure there's there's other interests you have. You know, mm-hmm. I, I tell people all the time because I have a similarly blissfully complex professional life. And you just kind of concede that it's going to be chaos at some point. You say, you know, no, this isn't going to be a normal nine to five job, but I love it. So I'm going to do all of it. Is that true for you or how do you make sense of all this? Yeah. And it's funny that you're asking me that because that I will tell you, um, I started putting even more on my plate. Um, I wanted to get involved with Greater Fort Wayne um, and and I have, you know, been in contact with them and I've I've sat on their committees and I, you know, I recently reached out to them and said, I'm going to need to step back just for a minute. But they had kind of taken a rest as well due to COVID. COVID. Sure. And, and I want to, I want to make sure that when I am involved in something, I'm adding value. Yep. That's really, really key to me at the other, and the other side of that is it's really important to stay focused and, and I can get caught up in that like many other people. And I lose, I start to, you know, lose focus and, you know, become uh, basically a jack of all trades, a master mm-hmm. of none. And, sure. and I started doing that with my own business. And, um, because I was looking at, I'm, I'm looking at a lot of other things. I've got a lot of, I, I'm wanting to learn and grow right now. I'm mm-hmm. very intrigued with franchise development mm-hmm. on that level. Mm-hmm. I'm intrigued with business acquisition. I'm intrigued with investing right now. <laughs> um, and so I've, you know, I've got a lot of books yeah. that I've bought that I haven't read, yeah. you know, uh, read. And I've got, um, I've been on a lot of Zoom calls and and I've looked at a lot of other types of investment opportunities. I'm I'm into I'm interested in regional development, and I've really I said to myself, gosh, I even had friends saying, Amanda, you need to get focused. Yeah, yeah. And and so I did. I had to back up and I had to get focused. And um, and so most of my time right now is back uh, with franchise consulting, uh, undoubtedly. But um, it, you know, there's still some other things that I'm working on. Yeah, it's good to be curious. And sometimes you can be your own worst enemy if you're curious about too many different. I, this is something I, I have to tell myself every day is you don't have to necessarily chase every cat up every tree because right. eventually you're not going to catch any of them. Right. So, um, yeah, I find myself I'll have three books that I'm reading at any given time, but I'm only reading a third of them collectively. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about some of the stuff you're working on now that's most interesting to you, exciting, challenging. What are the top items on your to-do list and, and what's the status of those? How are they, how are you working through some of the major, major projects and, and, and work that you're, that's in front of you right now? 
Yeah, I think with for the franchise consulting company, it was really um, figuring out a uh, how to diversify my uh, my lead source, and um, I think I figured that out, um, and I've and I'm building that pipeline up, and I've got uh, a really uh, a great pipeline of, of clients that I'm working with that I'm very busy with right now. So is that getting a better quality of folks in your funnel? Is it getting a, a larger quantity? Is it a little bit of both? It's both. Okay. It's definitely both. And, and I how think, does that generally happen? Is that, um, you know, cold leads from the internet? Is that through, um, through your parent company? How does that work? You know, every broker consultant's a little bit different. I have never been one to be a cold caller, mm -hmm. uh, but, I'm, yeah. but I think you've got to have a component of that. Um, you definitely can. I definitely can buy leads. I've, I've uh, taken a more of a warm approach mm -hmm. uh, through resumes because yep. I understand what it is to do career transitioning. And so that's an easy conversation for me. Mm -hmm. um, but I do get some leads from the franchise consulting company. Um, I do, uh, LinkedIn has been a great source. Mm -hmm. um, so really having a presence there has been big, you know, being real um, and going out. And I, I actually actively look for uh, specific, I target the kind of clients that I'm looking for. Um, and there's there's two, and, and one is gonna be that person that's transitioning out of their career. Mm -hmm. um, and with maybe even an emphasis lately on law enforcement, okay, because I understand them and I know that there's okay. a lot of people uh, looking to change. But the other one is multi-unit uh, franchise owners. Okay. I get them. Mm -hmm. um, I you know can connect with them very easily and um, understand them and 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 put concepts in front of them uh, based upon what they're currently doing, uh, what they want to do, um, and make sure that there's no non-competes and things of that nature with the businesses that they currently have going on. But um, so, so refining that a little bit right now and trying to make sure that you have the right kind of pipeline and you're helping the right types of people. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, just figuring out marketing. I mean, I, I wrote a couple articles for the Franchise Journal, um, you know, just to kind of put myself out there. I need to do more of that probably, uh, but, you know, that's time, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, trying to have that bandwidth. Yeah, I've, I've never met anyone who needs to do less marketing, right? <laughs> it's always right. one of those things where you can keep doing it and right. um, it's it just never seems like you are able to take advantage of every opportunity opportunity that's mm -hmm. out there. But as long as you hit most of your marks, you're pretty good. So um, so what else? In, in addition to the pipeline stuff, what are you working on that's that's interesting to you now or even challenging to you now? You know, I call it project me. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I, I'm the project. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> I'm reinventing myself. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I didn't I didn't plan to be where I'm at in terms of, I thought I would still be running my massage envies and, and that's okay. Well, it sounds like you, you thought at one point you'd still be in the probation world. Yeah, yeah. I mean, on, yeah, <laughs> yeah, back I mean, back it up and I, I should have still been in federal probation. I should I should be retiring two years. So I yeah. tell everyone, I, my project me is, is, is set for at age 50. I, I should have figured it out for this, but I'm gonna live to be 103. So I, I have lots of things, I mean, really. So why 103 and not 100? <laughs> I don't know. Just, I've always said it. I don't know where I don't know when yeah. I came up with that number. Yeah. Probably when I was younger, and yeah. so I've stuck to it because I'm committed. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> that's how it works. That's how it works. So age, yeah. yeah, and that's why 50 is Project yeah. Me, and uh, really Project Me is all about um, being open mm -hmm. and um, learning more about uh, things that maybe I would have never considered. And when I say be open, so as things such as just CM and construction, I mean, I've never said I wanna learn about construction, but this isn't about construction. This mm -hmm. is about 
people yeah. and, and doing something good for people in the community. And I love that. I can get behind that every day. And so so be it. It's construction. So yeah. fine. I'll learn about construction. I'm, I'm good with that. Um, same with, you know, uh, developing businesses, uh, franchise development in itself, like learning how does one come up with a, a business concept and then they franchise it? Well, that's a whole different monster, if you will. You can't, you, you may be good at coming up with a business and running it and then you go and franchise it, but taking it out to market, mm -hmm. completely different. And I'm so intrigued and I'm learning so much about it. And I, I would really like to, at some point, go into that a little bit more. But even, like I said, learning about acquiring businesses. Yeah. Like, I, I'm intrigued with that too. Yeah. And, and somehow, I would love to connect all the dots between franchise development, business acquisition, invest, real estate investment, and construction. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I, and so I may not have all that done in two years, but sure. I think by I think in, in two years, I will at least uh, know uh, what path I'm yeah. on. Well, you know, people talk a lot about five-year plans. I don't believe in five-year plans. I believe in five-year goals, right? Mm -hmm. And then you'll, if you're motivated enough, you'll figure out a plan. But too much changes. I mean, look at 2020. Right. Who would have ever predicted we'd right. be doing what we're doing today? Yeah. But if you stay focused on where you want to be, you'll find a way to get there. Mm -hmm. The plan may change, but if you're motivated enough, yeah. you'll figure out how to get it done. And you know, if you wait for everything, all the stars to align and you to have all your question answered yeah. and for everyone to tell you it's okay, yeah. you're never going to do it. Correct. Correct. And, and as you've alluded to, you know, success or self-discovery, whatever you want to call it, is really a matter not of having all the answers. It's asking better questions and really embracing what you don't know and Absolutely. having a growth mindset and saying, yeah, I don't know, but I'm going to find out. And I'm going to be really humble about what I know because the minute I think I have it figured out is the minute I'm going to find out I'm wrong. Oh my gosh, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, I say jump and grow your wings as you're flying. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> which is kind of scary, but it's it's the better way it ultimately. Is. But, yeah. you know, it's really, it's believing in yourself. And yeah. if you've been through anything in life that's been difficult and come out of it on the upside, yep. feeling stronger, and I'm not talking about being richer, mm -hmm. but being stronger and knowing what you're capable of, then yep. you can do it again. For sure, for sure. Yeah. Well, let's talk about there's anything else, any other projects, and then I want to get to some quick hit questions. Any other projects or anything else that you're working on right now that's especially noteworthy or interesting to you? Um, probably uh, putting my lawn furniture up. <laughs> <laughs> if someone wants to come over and help me, no, I'm just kidding. All right, okay. Well, it's, it's getting to be that time of year, unfortunately. So, All right, so if anyone... <laughs> Wants to help Amanda with her lawn furniture, <laughs> call us at 888 Agency. Yeah. All right, so here are the three quick hit questions, and, and we kind of are, are figuring this out as we go, but Brian Englehart, who's our first guest, um, we, we found a nice way to sort of end the conversation, kind of revisiting what we've discussed, but in a very, very specific and very focused way. So first question I want to ask has to do with career path. and. Any advice you would have for someone just getting started out in their career? And you can focus it if you want on a prospective franchise owner, a prospective entrepreneur, whatever is, is interesting to you. What advice do you have when it comes to people figuring out their career path, something that's going to make them fulfilled and successful in the long run? I would say it's definitely you know, network and respect the people within your network. Don't burn bridges. Um, just because you think you might be able to do something better. Someone that has been in the industry and had the experience, I mean, their challenges in that industry are gonna be very different than what yours are because they've been, you weren't there 20 years ago. 
You know, you don't know what they've overcome. Um, you can learn a lot uh, from a mentor and someone else uh, that's been in that industry for a very long time. So be open-minded um, and and give back. You know, if you're if you're you know looking t- forward at a at a mentor who's helping you, you should also be having somebody that you're helping behind you because that very same person someday may also be there may be a part of your business because many of the business owners that I talk with, when I hear their stories, which is my favorite part of what I do, mm-hmm. is just hearing yeah. their story. Yeah. I love it, literally love it. I, I, I should I should write a book someday, but um, I will. Actually, that's on my list, but it's way down. <laughs> um, but That's like when you're 93. Yeah, maybe yeah. 83. Maybe 83, But you know, I, I, I love hearing about how people are telling me that they were building people within their teams and later on, that per, or they worked with them and they managed them or whatever, they trained them and they later on brought that person into their business as their director of ops. And now that person is also part owner of some of the businesses. Or I've talked to people who are now franchisees or people that are wanting to buy more franchises and that's actually how they came into what they're doing. Yeah. So I think those relationships are so integral and and you know, we just need to value one another and what we bring to the table um, and be open-minded and, you know, um, you know, read, if somebody wants you to read something, read it. Mm-hmm. Even if it's not something you normally would read, read it if, if you have the time. And I would say, especially if it's not something you would normally read. Yeah, to challenge yeah. get out of your bubble. Yeah, for sure. You know, and say yes to maybe things you would normally say no to and maybe start saying no to some of the things you've been saying yes to so yeah. you have more time to say yes to those other things. Yeah, one of the things I find that a lot of us, and I'm guilty of this myself, is we continue to read the stuff we already know mm-hmm. to sort of validate the knowledge we already have, and that's not nearly as challenging and ultimately as as good as reading stuff that's outside your comfort zone. So, right. yeah, and the relationship piece, I agree with that 100%. I always tell people that anything good that's ever happened to me is the direct result of a relationship, and the way you build relationships is by giving back. I mean, mm-hmm. the, honestly, I believe that the path to success is helping other people be successful. If you mm-hmm. do that, everything else can, can, takes care of itself. Yeah. So second quick hit question. Um, if somebody stopped you on the street and said, Tell us about, in your case, the organizations you work with, um, Franchise Consulting Company and Just CM. How would you describe them in a, in a brief phrase? You know, I would say if, you, if you're looking to open up a business or you know, have a career change and you don't know exactly what that is today, but you're thinking about it, now's the time to talk to me because, I mean, there's no, there's no contract. It, it's not gonna hurt you to have that conversation. Um, and so I think talking with someone who has the industry experience, um, who's you know, willing to get to know you and, and help you through that path. I mean, if you've got someone out there like that to help you do that, then you utilize them. I'm a resource. Um, and so I think you know, franchise consulting and brokers um, can definitely help individuals that are looking, whether they already have businesses or they've never done it before. I think there's a lot of value in it. Um, and there's really, there's no, there's no difference if you're, you know, price-wise, if you're looking at buying a franchise. The investment range is no difference if you're using a, a consultant slash broker versus going directly to the franchise. So there's really no reason why you wouldn't do that, uh, assuming your broker adds some value. Um, as for just CM, I mean, if you, this is, I don't know why anyone wouldn't utilize their services uh, because they're going to get more bang for their buck. They're going to know where the where the costs are. They're going to know how to allocate money, and they're probably going to be able to save a lot of money uh, because 
otherwise without having that price estimation from somebody that's not directly involved in the project you're not going to know what you're truly spending and so i think just sam brings a service that um, empowers the client and that's that's why the mission statement is empowering clients and controlling costs um, it is truly uh, an objective uh, means of of controlling uh, your hundreds to hundred million dollar project, billion dollar project, um, especially if this is something, you know, for the city tax dollars, you should be concerned about that. You should want to um, save money or at least make sure that money is being spent how you want it to be spent. Yeah, pretty simple, yeah. pretty simple stuff. All right, so the last one, um, and maybe the most challenging, you know, right now there's, there's a lot of anxiety among professionals, depending in regards to where people work. There's a lot of challenges people are facing. But you know, if you step back and you look at the big picture and, and somebody came to you with, with concerns, they were worried about the state of their business, they were worried about you know, how to tell their story or, or how to connect to their customers, what's some advice you might give to another professional about making it through these challenging times that we're in? You know, I think reminding people how resilient we are as people and, and touching on that level of humanity, we will overcome anything if we put our minds to it. And I think that the more that we encourage each other and hold each other up and empower each other, remind each other that this too shall end and good things will come. I mean, the sun's going to shine and, and try to see the positive. And, and you know what? With every adversity, there are opportunities and you really, sometimes you have to look for them and, and we cannot control everything, but we definitely can control how we respond to things and we can control how we learn from things and how we grow from them. Yeah, hundred percent. Well, that is a great note on which to end. And also your daughter has done a great job of sitting still and giving <laughs> us uh, about an hour of time without uh, needing anything from you. So we will let you get back to her. Amanda, I appreciate it. Thank you very much for your time. It's been great talking with you. And thanks everyone for listening to the Asher Marketing Podcast. We look forward to our next guest, Jennifer Roberts, who will be joining us next week. Until then, thank you very much and have a great week.